That's right. Now, say my name. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Episode 261, and it's me, Gary P. And of course, it's the prop, it's Carol Riley. Hello, listeners. I'm just as surprised as you are that there's a show this week. Oh, yes, it is the Ladies' Cup semi final special prop. It's a big, big, big game on Saturday. It's huge, it's in Tala. Tickets are 10 euro. Get your tickets now, get in, and we'll fill that stand. We'll talk a little bit more about it. But um, Have you read Roddy Codden's book recently? No, no, I was told. That's that's a Johnny Ward inside joke. Yeah. Anytime I'm just, just going to interrupt you in a ridiculous fashion with that <laughs> question. He's getting a lot of grief lately. <laughs> He's getting a lot of grief lately. I think there was a, uh, I think one of our friends in one of our WhatsApp groups was saying, can you somebody please pinpoint in the podcast the most recent one where you want to fuck him in the Liffey? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. We were playing that game, it was great. Well, it was for me, it was after he asked that question and... and Dan just goes, shut the fuck up. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I felt felt the rage. It was there. So, um, Prof, we have um, this week. So, like we said, it's all about the quizzes. The ladies team. We've Lee, Grace and Jack Bourne. Graham Borg versus Simon Powell fighting for a place in the semi-final. And there's our preview of the FAI Cup semi-final. Against Shells and Tala this Saturday. Monster of a fixture. Especially how tasty it was last week, Prof. And a couple of interviews. Starting 11s of predictions. The works, Prof. We have a lot. Even having a golden goal. We even have a golden goal for the ladies game, yeah. So everything. Everyone, check it in. We are full fledged this week, but prof, it is small talk. Fallen to earth my summer with Bowie. So we've gotten to know Jonesy, Stephen Jones, resident thespian from the South Stand, and um he likes a bit of acting. This I, I genuinely my mind is blown. So we'll set the stage, right? Excuse the pun. Um the scene, it's Scott, Scott Kelly. We walked into a tiny room. Tiny room. Black. Intimate. With pictures of Bowie hanging up on the wall. Vinyl. Bowie everywhere. Dark yeah. lights. So Scott bundles into the room. A.K.A. Jonesy. And he's a Midlander. And by the way, his accent is spot on. He actually never dropped it at any point. Not once. I, there's an Athlone season ticket holder in the shop beside me. See, and he's a sound bloke, and I chat with him out days. And Moya just be winding him up. He's saying up the bows, and Moya comes in and that. But 
he has the accent nailed. Nothing. Everything. Yeah. Every little thing, right? So it's I, I think the the backstory is that Scott lives with his dad, looks after his dad, and he loves music, but it's a mundane life, isn't it? Mm. It's just a a sad existence at times because his dad doesn't get on with him. Horrible relationship, but he looks after him. He's seen as a bit of a joke with amongst his friends. Yeah, so does a bit of security work out of nowhere. We're not going to be revealing too much. Gets a phone call, he has to do security. He strikes up a relationship with David Bowie. Of course, he doesn't think it's him. He doesn't think it's him. Yeah. That's one of the best parts of the show where he's yeah. convincing himself. He's going back and forth and back and forth. But the relationship with his dad and the way he acted during that whole thing, it was morbid. It was so sad. Like, he... He, the, the the anger that came out of his, his his loins towards his dad and the whole dialogue towards him it was unbelievable it was, just grabbed us there's probably only two or three scenes oh. you're talking maybe 5% of the whole play yeah. but it stood out but then you could see him when Bowie actually he ends up having a relationship with Bowie he ends up going to the pub with him but then I felt like Bowie was the dad he wanted in life that's how yeah. I felt. That's the relationship he wished he had with his dad. I didn't even think of that until you said to me, and now I've been thinking about that. I've been like, you could be right, yeah. It, it was it was unbelievable. And then, I'm not even going to give away the ending. Because I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. I didn't expect the way it ended at all. As in, what it leads up to. Something that you're very fond of. Um, do you mean like the kind of bittersweet? No, the the stage. Oh, the stage. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, <coughs> Go and see it, guys. Honestly. I don't know if I was expecting that, but I was expecting a Bowie song to play at some stage. Mm. I, didn't I actually thought there'd be more music. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a few. There was Danny Boy on the, on the piano. Yeah. Um, I quite like... It's a one-man play. And like I said, I've been to a few now, all on Stephen's recommendations. Remember, I was slagging him last week because the third one was terrible I don't know what the, I wouldn't say it was terrible it was interesting but I left thinking the hell was that but uh, of the four now I've seen three of them were one man performances he held his own so well like the it was a story and it just I can imagine it as a movie I'm, I'm seeing the corner house pub in my head I'm yeah. seeing his dad sitting there in the chair smoking away abusing him I'm watching him go and getting excited going to the security as the security job the Bowie's studio and having the chats with Bowie I'm watching I'm seeing everything he actually captured Bowie's reactions like sometimes he'd be he'd laugh at his jokes sometimes he'd have no reaction sometimes you wouldn't know what he was thinking sometimes he was cautious to approach him because he'd either be in bad health or whatever it may be but he actually like he brought me into this imaginary conversation with Bowie where I'm like, I feel like I know what Bowie's face is right now. I know what he's thinking. I, he, it's he just, just one man performance I, for I an just hour. Bought, he totally, yeah. totally sold it. Totally, totally sold it. I'm buzzing for anything else he has in the works. November, big things coming out from, don't forget the name, Stephen Jones. So there you go, Jonesy. That's our review of... I think this is the last week, isn't it? So Very much so. I if think you listen to this on Thursday... I think Sunday is the last day and there's a matinee so you have two chances there so check out yeah, uh, Civic Theatre Falling to Earth My Summer with Bowie Genuinely and I, we're not looking at this through green tinted glasses here or over mm. tinted glasses 
he just blew me away. He was brilliant, and I felt from because he had the leather jacket on at times. He was sweating buckets. Oh, it was a warm day. I was roasting. He was sweating. So buckets. I wasn't even doing anything, and I was roasting, and he had a leather jacket on. I was like, "You poor bastard!" <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's not everybody can captivate an audience on his own, telling the story. It's either gonna go one or two ways, very well or terribly. Yeah. And about twenty minutes in, I thought this is a potential Joe Dolan here. But then another 10 minutes went by and I was like, no, this is a great story and he has me on the hook now. 20 minutes in, I looked at me watch, right? And I said, okay, 20 minutes. Sat down, looked at it again, it was five o'clock. <laughs> I was like, fuck me. That's at the flying boy. But brilliant. Excellent stuff from Jones. We'll move on. Willie Conlon sitting in Glasgow Airport listening to East Ham Pod 260 and laughing at the quiz between Gary O'Neill and Dylan Watts. It's just as well. They're good footballers is all I'd say. By the way, Harry is a legend. And of course, friend of the show, Phelan. Harry is so good. Wind instruments. Jesus. <laughs> Who said a windmill? Was that Gary? Was Gary, yeah. A windmill. Yeah. Now, you could... Oh, no, no, it's wrong. It's wrong. We can't, we can't condone it. We can't condone it. Should I have said musical instruments? Maya said Tim Whistle. There you go. So Maya got more than Lars said saxophone them combined. Yeah, Lars said saxophone. Yeah. I've, I'd said about three, three of them all morphed up together. It was like my fax on my phone, or I, I was trying to come out with something <laughs> and I wouldn't come out. She's a saxophone and Tim Whistle. That's what I said too. Bagpipes. Because if it's three or four, like you might struggle on the spot, but two, I thought was fair. But no, they couldn't muster one between them. So we got a few replies about the wind instruments. People were annoyed about that one. <laughs> so yes, so Prof, up next we have our first quiz. It is Lee Grace versus Jack Bourne. Welcome back to Questions from the East End, the podcast quiz. I'm your quiz master, Harry Moore, and our second quarterfinal tie will be between Lee Grace and Jack Bourne. Welcome, lads. All right, Harry, how are you? So do we back our chances against each other? How are we both feeling? <sighs> The easiness. I uh, fancy myself, so it should be a good battle. <laughs> It'll be a good game, very tight. I wouldn't expect anyone to run away with it now. But that now, bud. you should know the rules by now. Lee, you uh, defeated Lee and Bert in the round of sixteen. Jack, you knocked out Rory Gaffney. It's one point for every correct answer, and first to five points wins. There's a mix of football and general knowledge questions. And of course, steals are allowed. So the prof is here as always to keep time and keep score. So here is your tiebreaker question in case there's a draw in the end. Whoever gets it right or whoever is the closest to the number gets to go first as well. So Lee, you will give us your answer. Then we'll hear from Jack. Okay, so the question is, how many different men have been capped by the Ireland senior team whilst a Shamrock Rovers player? So, how many players have been capped by the Ireland senior team whilst the Rovers player? Uh, one, two. Ah, I'm going to say five. Okay, over to you, Jack. I'm going to say six. You're both incorrect. Jack, you're the closest to the answer. You'll be both surprised by this. It's 64. 64? 64 64 Rovers players have been capped by the Ireland senior team. And Jack, you were the 64th. Okay. So you'll get to go first as you were the closest to the answer, Jack. I was going to say say three. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> he was going to say four, bro. I just thought that well. Ah, fuck. Hey, Jack, you're going to start this. Which one of these four players has scored a league goal for Rovers this season? So who has at least one league goal in 2023? Kieran Cruz, Sean Kavanagh, Sean Gannon, Gary O'Neill. Uh, Kurt on Cruz. That is correct, Jack. Point to you. Well done. Okay. Easy work. All that pressure already. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I have another Rovers question here. This is for Lee. Okay. Which one of these four players has not scored a league goal for Rovers this season? So who has not found the net this year? Simon Power, Sean Hoare, Dylan Watts, Liam Burt. Uh, Name him again. Simon Power, Sean Hoare, Dylan Watts, Liam Burt. Which of them has scored? Not the clock here. Dylan Watts. Yeah, that yeah. is correct. Well done, Lee. One one. You both got the Rovers questions correct. Okay, Thank Jack. God. This one's for you. Okay, on to a bit of general knowledge now. Which Asian country invented ice cream? Christ. Asian country. <laughs> Holy moly. From start. Um, You're on the clock, Jack. Three seconds, Jack. China. Jack, that is correct. Well done. It's 2 God, 1 that's now. That's what I was going to say. They <laughs> created everything, them. <laughs> um, Lee, okay. What currency is used in Japan? Oh, <laughs> easy peasy. Uh, I can't even hazard a guess, lads. Pass. No I'll answer at all. Okay. Can I steal? Yeah, you can steal. Lee, do you not have an answer? or? No, I'm not going to embarrass myself with an answer. Okay, Jack? Yeah. Jack, you're on the ball today. It's already 3-1. Easy, please. Well done, Jack. my game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jack, you can uh... make this 4-1 already. Yep. Who Far is the third from. highest goal scorer in the Champions League with 92 goals? Behind only Ronaldo and Messi. 92 goals in the Champions League? Yeah, he's the third highest goal scorer in the history. Can you name oh. that player? Mm, that's difficult. I'm going to go with, um, if it's recent, Lewandowski. That is correct, Jack. Robert oh, Lewandowski. Jack, you are indeed, Jack. <laughs> Four one. I was ready okay. to steal that. Here we go, Lee. So this we must is have a... had it on the Google laser. <laughs> Here we go. So this is the two parter, okay? So you have to get both it. of these questions right, okay? Who has won the FA Cup more times? Gary Neville or Jamie Carragher? Gary Neville. Okay. And have Arsenal or Manchester United won the cup the most times? So which club out of those two has won the um, the FA Cup the most? Arsenal. 
Lee, you got both questions correct. Well done. Good man, Lee. Good man, Thank Lee. Thanks, lads. That was good. Two great guests. Well done. <laughs> You're back in it now. 4-2. Okay, Holy Jack, this yeah. one's for you. You can win it, though, here. What on, is the name of Brian Cranston's character in the series Breaking Bad? Ah, uh, uh, Lisa, you'll know this. I'm not into I don't, that. I actually don't. I'm trying to think of it now myself. Uh, what's your man's name? Mad fella. The professor. No, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one prof out there. That's Carl. You run out of time there, Jack. Not for me. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. Don't worry. Okay. Like Lee, can you steal here? <sighs> no, I can't. Any answer? No. 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 All right. The answer is Walter White. Oh, yeah. That's easy, that. I knew <laughs> that. Yeah. You didn't get it, though, Jack. I know, but... Oh, that's annoying. That is, that is annoying. Yeah. Okay, we no have another question here, though. Which movie sequel <sighs> had the title Judgment Day? Judgment Day. I know this as well. Oh, my God. <sighs> Judgment Day, Judgment Day. Three seconds. Uh, it's not Die Hard, is it? Sorry, Lee, that's incorrect. Jack, can you steal and win it? Ah, oh, George went uh, It's uh, Denzel Washington, isn't it? Oh. A few more seconds, Jack. You're on the clock. Uh, I'm going to say White House Down, but I don't know. That is incorrect. It's Terminator. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that is, is the yeah. answer. Uh. Right. You can still win it here, though, Jack. Okay. Uh, so on. before Jude Benningham, five British players had signed for Real Madrid since 1999. Can you name three of them? Beckham, Owen, Woodgate. Jack, that is correct. Well done. You have won this game. Well done, Jack. <laughs> uh, five, too easy, Lisa. Yeah. Too easy. Just marking them off. Uh. Ah, got all those correct. You could have also named Garrett Bale or Steve McManaman, but Jack, Steve McManaman, yeah. All you need to do was get three, and you're into the semi-finals now. Congrats! I thought that was the finals. Not just the bars, Jack. You're going to face the winner of Graham Burke and Simon Power. <laughs> Battle of the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's looking tasty anyway. Aaron right. Green will play Gary O'Neill in the other semi-final, so... That'll be tough. Let's hope I get Borgie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say it's just might. <laughs> I think you might just want Berkey, Jack. So Simon yeah. Power played Gideon Tete. Gideon was 4-0 up, I think. 3-0 up. Simon won. 5-4, really? I think. Yeah. 4-0 up, Gideon was. Simon came yeah. back to 5-4. That'll be a good game, so... Yeah. Oh, it will be, yep. Be a good congrats, game. congrats, though. Unlucky Lee. Next uh, year, thanks, next Harry, year. Thanks. Just Hello, nice Cheers, Jack. Ah, well, unlucky. Well done, you're, Jack. You were some people's tip to win this, Lee. 
We did a competition yeah. online. <laughs> Good few people picture. I've had a few people down, Prof. Myself included. Did anyone pick me? No. <laughs> I think you. I think you do have a couple of picks, actually, yeah, Jack. Yeah, yeah, the dark horse. The dark yeah. horse is coming to it. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> you're the last defender knocked out of the competition now, Lee. You're the only one um, going into the quarters. You're not out now, though. So it's only midfielders and forwards. You're. That's even more disappointing. Could, could be a step <laughs> you're letting, there, yeah. letting the lads down, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> you're letting the lads down. Oh, God. Yeah. Sure. Unlucky, Unlucky, though. There was think, three defenders going. No. How many was there? Ah, there wasn't very many going into the round of 16 anyway. So you did, you did well to get here, Lee. So unlucky. Oh, I did. I did. Harry, you're right. <laughs> well done, Lee. You've done well getting there. Well done. I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. All right, thanks right, a million, guys. lads. Prof, I have to say, Jack is swaggering around this quiz. He is quite. I I go as far as say he's not confident. He's cocky. He has smoothly sailed into the semi-finals based on his rock-solid football knowledge. It's it's impressive. Um, he's he's after gliding right in. Um, he's hoping for Borky. Yeah, the battle of the townies. I, I'd like to see it myself find out later if you got Berkey or Simon Power yes. the comeback king over against Gideon Tete and Prof right here um, we have the quiz trophy it's standing there it is like do you know a whodunit movie you know <laughs> one of those weapons bashed in the head in the kitchen with the quiz trophy tefty enough it's a super trophy and unfortunately Pico will not be retaining it this year we will have a new name on it mm-hmm. yeah like I said Jack football knowledge is, is, is what's it's what's doing us from but when he needed the general knowledge, he had it in the bag as well. He knew Yen, Lee didn't. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, I had no Ryder Cup questions. Dylan Watts asked me, was it going to be a Ryder Cup question last week? I thought about it. I kind of ended up forgetting <laughs> to put it in. I have no Rugger questions either, Gare. Um I'm a bit of a bandwagoner when it comes to that. I did watch Namoya, our teacher, our teacher actually an international, an Irish international in rugby, so she has them all hooked mm-hmm. on it. So I'll be watching it with her. It's a bit of crack. Golf, I actually did enjoy. I always said, Prof, put me down if I ever end up playing watch, playing or watching golf. <laughs> but I was fast. I liked the structure of the Ryder Cup. I liked the way it's all action. And then I just got taken in by your man Ram. That fella was on fire. So I like an occasion like that. It's not too bad. But I'll be sitting there and we'll be buying a putter anytime soon. Barney says, we love quoting Barney. Uh, he says, he's gone on the beer. If Ireland win the, the Rugby World Cup, may as well jump on the bandwagon. Absolutely. Any excuse. Uh, just get locked and like make it more and more obvious into the night that you've never even watched a game. Like asking people to explain the rules at three in the morning. Haven't you been on the piss all night? <laughs> uh, also, I want to mention our own James Lowe, aka Sandry Hoop. I remember he said this to me a while ago. Whenever he makes uh, a reservation at a restaurant or anything, <coughs> or a booking somewhere, when he comes in and he arrives, you can always see the look of disappointment in the staff's faces because it's not James Lowe. No way. Yeah. I am very, very jealous of that man's current situation as well, by the way. He's living it up in Bali. Absolutely. Um, Having a ball, hopefully listening to us as well. I think he took a couple of games in, but um, he's the second best James Lowe <laughs> in the world. He's my favourite James Lowe. <laughs> he's your favourite James yeah. Lowe. So, Prof, as I lay down the murder weapon, the quiz... 
trophy. We have a, a box of liquid, uh, what would you call, heroin behind. Well, we Probably have, not the right analogy, is it? Probably not. Uh, we're not promoting uh, drug taking activities, but what we have here is Tolberone truffles, Gar. And um, what did I say to you when you came in? Well, the box was full when it was when I came in. Put I, it that way. I said to you, it is not possible to only have one of those. It's very true. We it have <laughs> flown. They are that box. ridiculous. That's the side talk for today. Small talk is chocolate, and small talk is thespian <laughs> matters. One of my birthday presents during the week, Gary. I think I might put it top of the list. Oh my considering god! How good They're it is. Outrageous they are. Um, but Prof Derry, we'll move on to other matters here where Derry could only draw nil all and draw the last Friday so once again they draw points and they had a chance to close the gap and when it matters Derry just don't seem to be able to make that extra step up great squad that was possibly their best team that they had out that best 11 maybe McElhaney depends on who you switch in and you switch out you've McMullen you've Mullen you've McGonagall you've like they've had a wealth of riches and they just couldn't put Drotter to the sword now Drotter up safe that's a brilliant result for Drogheda who are playing lovely football and if I found a thread somewhere any of the listeners out there if you're listening to this a thread came up somewhere about Drogheda's goals this season oh my god Kyle Robinson scored from the halfway line De Rooney scored that cracker in Richmond the goals he scored against us surpassing moves so we need a Drogheda goal this season we actually probably could like, and he mentioned it recently the 6 or 7 but They've they've been excellent. This is he's, he's had a superb season for them. So it's like when Bray had five managers in five weeks. So you could have a Bray manager of the month contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think I said this in the in the on the chats. How much time have we spent worrying about what Derry and Pats are going to do this season? So much time. We're like, but what if they close the gap here to one point, and then they have UCD here, and then we have a tricky way to. And they draw the next game. There's a lot of favours being done. Every time. Every time, man. So, so we don't want to jinx it yet. We're not going on board. We don't want to jinx, jinx it yet. We're not jinxing it, but we essentially need two more wins out of four. And I'm saying nothing. Yes, we have Drahad at home. We have Cork away, Pats away, Sligo at home. Mathematically, we cannot win it until Cork away, if results go our way. Yeah. Go our way. Yeah. Cork um, on the road, Prof. The whole gang of Tornish Cross. I am... Um, Think just thinking about places <coughs> again, not jinxing, but <coughs> like where have we seen robbers win titles? So our first two was uh, Bray and UCD, and then it was behind closed doors in twenty twenty. Then we won it on the pitch against Harps in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Then again, we won it without kicking the ball, same as twenty twenty in twenty twenty two. So will it be a home? Or would it be away? Cork away would be an epic place to win a league title. Imagine. Imagine I got my tickets today. Oh, So yes, Prof Bowes won a Galway. Pats won the FAI Cup semi-final in Cork. So I think as it stands, it's 20,000 tickets sold. So um, They probably will break the record. What was it? 37,000 from two yeah. years ago. So they're on course to break that already. Uh, big win in Galway and... I, I watched that game and, and Galway just couldn't kick snow off a rope. That's terrible. So bad to watch. Balls weren't much better. So I know some people are tipping Galway, but I just felt didn't that play I, any football at all, man. I just felt that Bowes past final was inevitable. So yeah. I, I didn't even watch the games. Yeah, no, it didn't. Um, it, it, essentially, it was, a, it was a poor spectacle. But listen, Bowes did the business. They're true to the final, and uh, they've uh, a day out. 
There was a quote from, because the way Bowes fans were giving out that they couldn't get tickets to, to Galway um, because it was a low uh, capacity or a low allocation. And there was a quote like, there's a lot of Bowes fans fighting over tickets because we couldn't get enough for the game. There's a lot of good, decent fans have been going many years that haven't got tickets. And then this was a builder from Ronan Coleman. I think he's a Galway fan. <clears throat> and he goes, Former Braves supporter Chris, 28, who has followed Bowes since 2019, had planned to bring his girlfriend Ophelia to Galway. Ophelia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's I would have went with Florence myself. Florence, yeah. So we've known our balls past final at uh, Lansdowne, but uh, the Irish Town House have already said they want no part in this. So and I don't blame them. Considering two years ago, they are not opening their doors to either past their balls. Imagine like not being able to open your doors <coughs> on possibly one of the most profitable days of the calendar as a pub. Like it's sad, mm-hmm. really. Isn't it? But you never know. Listen, to, uh, these these things happen. Um, Giggsy hand. Alan Cawley, crowned Pats champions of the form table for the last 19 games. Congratulations to all involved. I don't get these made-up tables, and I don't mm. know why they exist, and they're made up to suit certain narratives. But I think maybe it's a talking point, and they decided, okay, let's talk about the game in hand. Let's talk about the current form since this manager took over and how it looks from his time in charge. I yeah. get that type of thing, but it's... Yeah, if it's a managerial table, then it's um, John Daly versus Clancy, and you're comparing their records. But if it's teams, unless if we were neck and neck with Pats, let's say, going into the last two games, mm. then you could say, well, Pats are the farm team. But like, what? Do you win a trophy for this or last nineteen games? This arbitrary figure as well. Yeah, I know. We had nineteen. Um, another superb Liam Scales performance prof he's having a stormer at centre half for Celtic he played him against Lazio and he got a call up to the Ireland squad and Celtic boss Brendan Rodgers called him outstanding and one of the biggest surprises of his career as a coach and that doesn't surprise mm. us at all prof because we knew no. very well and this was the debate that had sparked and raged on as though does he play left wing back or centre half we always mm. preferred him as a left foot centre half it's funny how football works isn't it because he was he was way down the pecking order in the Celtic defenders there and just a couple of injuries and he got his chance otherwise Brendan Rodgers wouldn't have even been aware of them he just would have assumed well I guess this guy is surplus to to requirements it's a funny game isn't it it's a funny old game but he had impressed the Aberdeen so it was always possible with with at least 30 30 appearances Mm. in his his pocket as regards Mm. the consistency as well so I think Mm. he was able to make the step up into a better team I'm surprised that the Ireland cap has taken so long. I think he'd be like well, what they play three at the back. Am I right? So mm-hmm. what are you looking at? You got Collins, you got Egan, you got O'Shea. Maybe they do have decent centre halves there. He's be been in a couple of squads, though, hasn't he? Yeah. But he's just not. He's never really been close. Didn't to the he cap. get dropped at the last time? At the last mm-hmm. minute before a la Jack. Do you remember the, that? Oh yeah, so that's something that boils our blood. Like why bring him? Why have him in the squad? What happened to Jack twice. And why drop him out of the squad? Remember that? Yeah. Why just keep him there? Why would you bring him? It's it's actually very cruel. Um, Prop Linfield had their largest non-boxing day premiership crowd since the redevelopment of Windsor Park seven 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 two, actively trying to beat our record this season, and they they genuinely were. I, I it was interesting to watch, wasn't it? it was yeah. like they are quoting 
Republic of Ireland tennis figures and trying to beat it. I listen, it was uh, ambitious. Let's be honest. Still second behind Roberts, who regularly get over seven thousand. Still Ireland's number one, or should we say the island's number one? Uh, John Byrne says the key thing here is that they were seeking a larger attendance than Roberts versus uh, Shells. It's a huge positive that they're now trying on all Ireland goggles. Oh, all Ireland goggles. I love that perspective. That's a great phrase. Um, So Prof. Our own Ade Solanke was pictured alongside Gareth Bale at Tuesday's announcement ceremony at the Euro 2028 final tournament that Ireland and the UK will host it. This I like. Although, you know, it possibly will be sanitised football in the sense that the rivalry will probably be split. The fans will be mixed, which I, I get it. It's an occasion, but I think I'll definitely will be taking in one of these games. Uh, I think we're promised at least one quarter final, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's huge, really. At Lansdowne, yeah. Um, yeah, skill like we were, we were supposed to host one of the Euro twenty twenty games, but we, we we couldn't at the time because of COVID. I think two host cities lost out, and then they promised us a uh, Europa League final. But um, yeah, this has been coming a long time. Like, uh, I suppose all of our listeners will probably remember in detail Euro twenty eight two thousand eight, as in the bidding process, which began in the early two thousands, mm. and that was a bit of a farce. The Ireland Scotland joint bid, and I remember UEFA were actually shown a tour of Crow Park because remember Crow Park, Rule forty two, and all that. It wasn't until like 2006, seven, then that football actually was allowed to be played in Crow Park. But yeah. in the early 90s, UEFA were given the tour of an old crumbling Lansdowne Road, which hadn't been developed yet, redeveloped, and Crow Park, which had no green light whatsoever to have soccer yeah. played in it. And they were impressed by it, and the journalists were like, Okay, they're impressed by it, but uh, the games cannot be actually hosted here. So yeah, nice why, stadium, but we're not using it. Why are they getting the tour there? Yeah, so. it's like Casement. They pick Casement Park as well. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a tip. It's it's literally <laughs> rubble. Yeah. It's well, like, here's what you might have. Well, 2028, like <clears throat> what I'm describing in the early 90s, this is like almost 30 years in the making. A joint tournament bid with uh, us ourselves in the UK. So, yeah, no, it's cool. Definitely something we're probably going to take in prop with the Academy, the Roadstone Project. The Rovers men's teams, first of all, 19s drew one on a Galway. 17s ran out 5-1 winners away to Treaty United. And the 15s beat Galway 3-0 at the Roadstone. And then the women's 19s beat Cork 5-1 at Roadstone. Four goals from Shannon Cody. 17s drew two all at DLR Waves. So that is the Roadstone update prop. But big one now, Rovers members gala, October 21st. Ticket sales closed on Monday. Now... If you are still interested in going, there could be an allowance. We might be able to sort you out and squeeze you in. Let us know. Email the membership. Go to the ticket links. Check it out. No one will be left behind, Prof. Mm -hmm. We will sort this out. If you want to see Gilesy, Mike O'Neill, Twiggy. Literally none of them have been on the show. Nope. Yeah. That's what we left them for. We left them for the the gala. We planned this five years ago. Five years ago. We said we know there's a gala coming up. (laughs) We're going to give them the best guess. That's it. Uh, Johnny Kenny has been included in the 21s for the upcoming qualifier against Latvia and Yelikavaga. 
so good stuff for Johnny and we've Pico I currently you know all the Latvian cities because you're obsessed with Latvia for some know, reason I have to go there have, did you recognise that place I didn't recognise that <coughs> one now but now we're going to have to delve into the rabbit hole prof thanks mm-hmm. Okay. it's my whole night wasted now but uh, Pico is also chilling in Algeria <coughs> as we speak he was busy training away in his Cape Verde <coughs> kit earlier on looking fresh looking hydrated thank god no um, upset stomach this time has he hit the 20 caps? I must actually ask him. Because he obviously knows his official figure. He, he's ironed he, it up. He did play an unofficial game. I think it might have been against a, a French club in 2019. So it wasn't like an, it doesn't count as like a FIFA cap. Right, top of my head, right? So I'm gonna maybe say... someone has the figure. But if he gets to 20, then he has beaten Frank O'Neill's record of 19 caps. Are we trusting Wiki? Oh no, that's, that's official. That, that figure has been established for decades because we assume no one would ever... Are we trusting Wikipedia with Pico? No. Oh, with Pico? Pico? No. no, we're not. He's on 18 here. He's on 18 Last here. time I checked, it was 14. We can get an official figure, but he could very mm. well be our most capped player of all time in the next two weeks. The most trusted source is, is Pico Lopez. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get in touch. We we'll actually get, ask we'll him himself. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, big shout out to Pico. Hello, this is a post-show edit here. First of all, I made an error as regards to Frank O'Neill. He made 20 senior Ireland appearances, not 19. So between 1961 and 1971, he earned 20 caps for the Republic of Ireland, all as a Shamrock Rovers player. And that is a record number of international caps won by any League of Ireland player. Uh, I did ask Pigo himself how many caps he has. He says he's on 20, not including the unofficial one in 2019, which means he set to break Frank O'Neill's record on Thursday when he earns his 21st cap for Cape Verde. Like we said, Johnny was included. And in a recent interview, he admits that Stephen Bradley wants him to stay at Shamrock Rovers next season and the forward has a side set on returning to parent club Celtic. So, um, impressing Brendan Rodgers is top of the list, but um, he wants to follow in his footsteps of his pal Liam Scales. He said, I brought Rory Gaffney and Lee Grace to the game with me. We're all jealous of him standing there. The Champions League music came on. It's the biggest appetizer I have ever had. So, uh, very interesting. Yeah, he said that Scales, you let him stay with him while he was over there. On his loan spell from Celtic, what was it? Queens Park, Queens Park Air, Queens Park. Or something yeah. Like that, yeah. So they are they are pals, and obviously, yeah, he's looking to follow in his footsteps. Um, like I said, I feel like Scales was closer to the Celtic first team than Johnny. I feel like Johnny needs another solid, whether it's with us or with someone else, but needs another solid season. Of impressing, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so, Prof. And that's not harsh to say. Yeah. Well, um, he, if you we're not reading the whole interview, but <clears throat> he's talking about wanting to go back. Um, after the end of his loan term, get back into training, impress the manager. Um, that's his prerogative. But obviously, Brazier is saying stay with us another season. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Yes, we certainly will. And Lee Rolls Royce Grace was dominated was nominated for the SSE Electricity Player of the Month award and he won our own one he won the Club Player of the Month with 41% of the vote and Lee has been absolutely superb this season Prof um, mm-hmm. 
it's he's just so good. He genuinely is. He's such a good player. I love watching him play football. I are love we, it. Are we gonna? Not like a son. <coughs> I feel like I'm watching Jaden when I, when I, when I'm watching him. Who's a, who's four and four by the way. He's doing very well for St Francis. He bagged his fourth goal this season. Three 0 win against Cabin Teeley. So uh, Bill Gleeson popped out as well. He was watching him in action. So four and four for young Jado, taking absolutely nothing from his father. Because I was a centre half who just booted people. <laughs> Scored one goal. Who was my goal against, Prof? Was this the, the Shield final? Or, that was Kenny Barry, wasn't it? No, Kenny Barry scored the epic 94th minute goal against the Orchard mm. for the Shield final. But my only one and, one and only goal was a six-yard header against Dundrum <clears throat> Mental Hospital. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very proud. Girl, I want that on your CV. I want, I want Gravestone. That, I want that amazing headshot that you used to uh, run for election. And I want that under your bio. Like the Richie Sadlier. One when he comes in RTE. Yeah. Oh, he buried yeah. it though. Buried oh. a six-yard header against Dundrum <laughs> Mental Hospital in 2000, uh, whatever it sheared was. Sheared all the way around, like Joey O'Brien. I was running around. Uh, I, want it, I want it on your epitaph. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Neil Farouja versus Bowles vote goal of the month for September, and keep an eye on all of our goals. Compile your favourite ones of the season, Prof. We were looking at it for our goal of the season trophy. We'll talk more about that <coughs> at the end of the show. But there has been some crackers this season, and Farouja nipped this one, didn't he? I love how three of the four nominations for September were all against Bones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Leo Leary, superstar in the making, versus Sligo, won gold in September for the women. And Leah has, uh, she's gone on the big thing. She's excellent. Dynamo in the middle of the park. Yeah, that was one of those collie ball goals. So we worked it out from the back. Collie ball goals, yeah. <laughs> Trust the process. You'll hear about that soon when we talk to Collie. I think he liked that. A little glimmer in his eye when I said, Trust the process. He liked it. So we're covering the same cloth prop. But up next, we have quiz number two. It's Borky versus Simon Power. Welcome back to Questions from the East End, the podcast quiz. I'm your quiz master, Harry Moore, and our last quarterfinal tie will be between Greenberg and Simon Power. So welcome, lads. Thanks very much. So lads, do we back our chances against each other? How are we both feeling today? I feel good. I feel yeah, no, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I've learned from the last one, so <laughs> um okay. So you should know the rules by now. Graham, you defeated Sean Hoare in the round of sixteen. Simon, you mounted an incredible comeback from four 0 down to win five four against Skiddy and Tete. It's oh. one point for every correct answer, and first Bruce. to five points wins. There's a mix of football and general knowledge questions. And of course, steals are allowed. The profit here is always to keep time and keep score. You've a 20 second time limit to respond. So here's your tiebreaker question. In case there's a draw in the end, whoever gets it right or whoever is the closest to the number gets to go first as well. Graeme, you tell us your answer. Then we'll hear from Simon. Okay, the question is, how many different players have scored a league goal for Rovers this season. Um, Rail, um, Jenny, um, um, is this for me? Yeah, yeah this is for you. Yeah, I have to get the exact number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. myself. Simon, 
Greeno, Rory, Jack, Fenno. No, you don't have to call the name. Just give us a figure and then we'll see if you're close. Oh, I'm going to go 11. Okay, okay, over to you, Simon. I'm going to say 14. You're both incorrect, but Simon, you're the closest to the answer. It's 16. 16. Okay, so Simon, you are going to start the quiz now. All right, okay. so this question is for you now, Simon, okay? You both ready? Yeah, ready. Okay. Simon, Richie Towell has played for five different British clubs in his career. Can you name four of them? Oh, it's a good question. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what order. No, no. no. I, I think, uh, so Brighton, Celtic, um, I think Rotherham, um, who else? Oh, and Salford. That is correct, Simon. Well done. Uh, well done. The other club was oh, also uh, Hibs. So, um, <laughs> you're off to a good start now, Simon. Better than the last quiz, anyway. <laughs> yeah, much better. All right. Graham, another Rovers question here. This one's for you. Which manager led Shamrock Rovers to a league title for the first time since moving to Tala? Moving to the Tala? Yeah. Which manager? Michael O'Neill, no? Is it? That is correct. Well done, Graeme. In 2010 and 2011, he yeah. won two league titles with Rovers. Okay. 1-1. We're off to a good start here. Simon, this one is for you now. Starring Mickey Rourke, named the 2008 movie oh. about an aging professional wrestler. Oh, Wait, repeat that again. <laughs> yeah, I was lost there. I knew exactly. I'm not getting that. Once he said that. <laughs> Starring Mickey Rourke, name the 2008 movie about an aging professional wrestler. Aging professional wrestler. Um, oh. An aging professional wrestler. I haven't a clue. I feel like it's about some Mexican lad or something. Um, I have to I'm gonna have to climb there, I'm gonna... yeah. Yeah, pass. Okay, Graham. Uh, aging professional wrestler. Yeah. Um, Just name um, the movie. Ah, oh, yeah. That's a tough one. So it was made in <laughs> 2008 and it starred Mickey Rourke. Ah, it's a Mexican name, is it? I don't know. Um, few le- few don't seconds know. left. I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I think it's like Hancho. Um, I don't know. Hancho. I just got Hancho. Okay. The answer is The Wrestler. The Wrestler. Oh, Jesus right. Christ. You look okay. like idiots there. Graham, you <laughs> can get this 2-1 right. right. Um, Graham, you can make this 2-1 now. Which colour pill does Neo swallow in the Matrix? Which colour pill? Yeah, does Neo swallow in the Matrix? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
when you the matrix all thing or then I'm gonna say green. That is incorrect, Graham. Over <laughs> to you now, Simon. I haven't seen it now, but I'm just gonna say a random color and go blue. You're also incorrect, Simon. It's red. Ah. Okay. Unlucky lads. Moving on to the next question now. This one's for you, Simon. In what country would you find the Maracana Stadium? Oh, come on. Um, Maracana. There's one country came to the top of my head straight away, so I might just stick with my gut feeling. Is it uh, Argentina? That is incorrect, Simon. Uh, it's over to you uh, now, Graeme. Brazil. That is correct. Well done, Graeme. Oh, Two uh, one. How did you get that? that get that <laughs> What's the Maracana? Who plays there? It's um. In a World Cup final, was. Yeah, I think twenty fourteen. Is it where mm. the Brazil national team play? Maybe Brazil sure. national stadium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, great. this one's not for you now, Graeme. Hey. In what country did Diego Maradona score his hand of God goal to eliminate England from the 1986 World Cup? Which country? Yeah, which country did he score the goal? Um, the year was 80, 80 something, was it? Was the year 1986. Mexico. That is correct. Well done, Graham. Three one now. He also scored an amazing solo goal in that game. Yeah. That won Argentina the game two nil. Okay, but Simon, you need to get this one now. Yeah. How many bites are in a kilobyte? What? How many bites? Are in a kilobyte? Yeah. Alright. How many bites gonna... are in a kilobyte? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go a thousand. That is correct. Well done, Simon. 3-2. You're back in it now. Okay, Graham, this one is for you. In what year was Michael Collins killed? Michael Collins? Yeah, in what year? Ooh. What year? I'm going to go 19... Balanced. You didn't answer there, Graham. On the 1916. 1916. No, my miles up. I'm sorry, Graham. That is incorrect. Simon, can you steal here? I was going to say the same now, but um, was it later or before that? Surely it's after that. I'm just going to go 1918. You're also incorrect. It's 1922. You both, ah. you both weren't far off. Okay. All right, here you go. This is for Simon now, so you can <laughs> level this to tree tree. Who did Zinedine Zidane headbutt during the 2006 World Cup final against Italy, resulting in a red card? I don't have to give a full name now because I know the surname. If you can just say a second name, then we'll ah, give it. Ah, let's go. <laughs> it's um. Matarazzi. That is correct. Marco Matarazzi. Okay, Matarazzi. Well done, Simon. Tree, tree. This one's for you, Graham, so you can take the lead again. Okay. So, in Graham Pole made one of 
the all-time referee in blunders in a game between Croatia and Australia at the 2006 World Cup. Can you name what he did? Say that again. So Graham Pohl made one of the all-time referee in blunders in a game between Croatia and Australia at the 2006 World Cup. What did he do? He made a blunder. Oh, I knew there was something around that. Um, he made a blunder. He gave a goal, did he? No, sorry, Graham. That's incorrect. No. Okay, Simon. That so was at um, the 06 World Cup, and it was between Croatia and Australia. I wouldn't have probably even watched that game. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of something obvious. Did he. I don't know. Clock, did, he, did he stop a goal from going in or getting in the way? No, no, I'm sorry. Um, that's incorrect. He showed a player three yellow cards before he was finally sent off. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, he was sent off now. for two yellows. It was for three yellows. Okay. Simon, this one's for you. You can take the lead now. Denial is in the Guinness Book of the World Records for what reason? What? Denial. Why is it in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records? It's the world's largest river. That is correct, I suppose, yeah. World's longest river. Well done, uh, Simon. Do we give that, yeah? Yeah, we're looking for the world longest, but we'll we'll accept that answer, yeah. Okay, well what done, Simon. What? <laughs> it's, it's the longest, like, same thing. We knew what you were trying to say, Simon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I meant to say longest. Right. Green, <laughs> um, time to level it now. Right. Which boxer became the oldest world heavyweight champion in history at aged 45? Which boxer? Oh my God. That only happened okay. recently, no? I'm not sure actually, but he became the oldest world heavyweight champion at aged 45. Eh... Uh... I don't know. I don't know. Any answer? No. 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 Okay, over to you, Simon. Can you steal? No, I don't really know, but I'm thinking of two names, but I'm not confident. Um, I'm gonna stick with my gut feeling. Was it Vladimir Klitschko? I'm sorry, Simon. That's incorrect. It's George Foreman. Yeah, that's the answer that? we were looking for. But you can win it here, Simon. Chance to make it 5 3, okay? Go on, boy. Go on, boy. Let's go. Let's go. Pressure, Simon. Give me an easy one. David Beckham was sent ah. off in the 1998 World Cup tie for kicking out at what, at what Argentinian player? It's been it's a, a good game, Graham. Good game, Graham. You'll um, notice now if you've been watching his uh, next Netflix documentary. Yep. Just finished it. It's Diego Simeone. That is correct. <laughs> well done, Simon Graham. You don't seem to be happy about that. Oh, God. That's a terrible question. Just everybody <laughs> tough question. Time. It's just not tough. You're a knockdown, Graham. Simon, you're, you are going to face Jack Byrne in the semi finals. That'll be oh, a tough Jesus. test now. 
That should be well good. Done, boy. Well done. Thanks, Graham. Well good done, well to be fair, though, Simon, you were losing 4 0 to Gideon Tete. You won 5 4. You bet Graham Burke. You can yeah. be anyone. It's maybe you're 3 down, 3 1 down to Graham as well. So you're exactly. a bit of a You had a few opportunities there, Graham, to get it up, but unlucky. Mm. And well done, Simon. Thank you very much, lads. Appreciate it. Congratulations. This is the last quarterfinal quiz now. So it'll be Aaron Green versus Gary O'Neill and Simon Power versus uh, Jack Burns. So well done, lads. Thank you. A jaded Borky, I'd say. Yeah, he was doing his usual thing. He was letting the clock run down as much as possible. Always. But he wasn't coming up with the answers this time. Always. Now, he was handed a couple of tricky... Do you reckon there was someone behind the camera general knowledge. doing uh, charades? <laughs> you know, listening to it, and he's just like... Uh, <laughs> What would the shreds have been for George Foreman? Uh, b- uh, jab. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the grill. <laughs> the grill, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, why? I'm talking about boxing. Why are you, why are you grinning? <laughs> this is taking a turn, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, Power. Simon Power. Final. Simon Power, bit of a forgotten man. Um, obviously, he's, he's at his injury walls, not getting on the pitch as much as he would have liked, but he has... Made his way into the Tifties quiz semi-finals semis, to face Jack Byrne. versus Jack Byrne. Now, um, Jack is swaggering around the quiz. Yeah. He is cock of the walk. Let's see if anyone can scalp him, Prof. I, I feel like Jack is going gonna, gonna to be Simon here. I mean, Simon, Simon's been decent so far. I've, I've been impressed by him. But Jack's football knowledge, it, it, it'll come down to general knowledge, Gary. I'll throw, I'll throw a few tricky ones in. I'll throw a few... It's okay football ones. knowledge tops. We'll see what way it goes. I think Simon might scalp him when it comes to general knowledge. Mm-hmm. A bit of maths, maybe. Throw that in there, let's wherever. Jack knows his Japanese currency. Yes. Jack knows <laughs> things. Which, which I, Maya was screaming out in the car. Like, <laughs> She's like, yes, I know this one. I was, I was like, Jap- dollar? Dollar? Zen? Zen? I was like, what? What is it? Totally got it wrong. Do you know what? I actually, I want to be in the car for one of these... Cause it's the highlight of the week, man. It's great. <laughs> She's like, right. Just your descriptions of it. Get her like, on. Crack let's see up. what happens now. Because she thinks they're, they're pals. Like. Yeah. But it's brilliant. It's really good. It's really good audio. But we're going to... Like, this the purpose of the show. Probably massive, massive game this week. A lovely, lovely 3-1 win last. Partisan crowd in Tallah Stadium. The women. Prof, mm-hmm. you took it all in. Tell us all about it. Yeah, you got your rings and derby front of the TG4 cameras. Um, so it was a big one. It was a big win, and uh, we basically blew shells away in the first half. Um, you had twenty-two minutes. We had uh, uh, Scarda giving us the lead, our second goal for the club. Uh, she hit us from distance, but the goalkeeper is really poor for this one, and it sneaks in the corner. The second goal is, or sorry, the first goal was fourteen minutes. Then it was twenty-two from Anya O'Gorman, continuing her goal-scoring form. Another one where you could ask her, uh, did you mean this on you? Because it looked like she just curls it from long range. First it looks like a cross drops into the bottom corner of the net. So I'm sure she'll tell us she meant it again. Um, but uh, another another long range goal from Anya Gorman. And then, this is this is where the Cody ball comes in, Gary. There was actually a sign in the crowd. I kid you not. In Cody ball. Uh, what did I say? Oh, sorry, you said Cody ball vibes. Cody ball vibes. A young fan actually made a sign saying Cody ball vibes. 
And I said to Collie afterwards, did you see the sign? He goes, don't you start. <laughs> Collie's great, Craig. Yeah. Yeah, so five minutes before the break, we had a, a great move. So classic Collie ball. We worked this out from the back. Uh, great cross from Joy, Ralph on the right. And a nice tidy little controlled volley by Alana McAvoy uh, from short range. Um, her first goal since May, so I'd say she was dying to get on the score sheet. And so that was it. Three up at the break. Shells made uh, four changes oh, at wow. half time to try and get back into the game. Noel King doing his best, Gary. You know, we're big fans of Noel King on this show. Or, Apparently, he's the gaffer of Shamrock Rovers. The, the Banished Door. Banished Door of Rovers. Of Rovers, according to TG4. They don't tell us that, um, I won't lie, Gary. The highlight of my day, not even just during the 90 minutes, the highlight of my Saturday was seeing Noel King. Upset. <laughs> I I took He's not exactly our best mate. I took he? great pleasure in it, guys. So they tried to get back into the game. Um, they got the better in the second half. Um, we needed uh, Amanda Budden to make an important save at one point. They did score an injury time, so it finished three one. But I wasn't. I didn't feel hugely threatened by the likes of Noel Murray, who's out. Who's a very good player. But maybe, maybe they'll turn it on. This week there could be a different side, but it's I'd, a cup I'd be shooting like we brought on Jamie Thompson. Remember she was the start at the start of the season. Absolutely, yeah. Um, she's been on the bench the last few games. I'd I'd be starting her and just shoot from long range. Yeah, because that's how the that's where the first two goals came from. So we had Scarlett Heron got the TG Cahar Player of the Match show. She has been uh, in great form. She won the the Club Player of the Month award. Um, this is actually the first game for the women in three weeks because remember the Wexford game was called off last week so in terms of the title race that put the Robbers ladies team up to second I think I'm actually I think they overtook them on goal difference but with a game in hand crucially on Shelburne but still six points behind P Mount so with only a few games left, realistically, the title's probably gone I see, yeah I was looking yeah. at the, the table it's mm. it's a, but in fairness. I think what I'm going to speak about with Colly is what he, st- he started from from scratch, and I think that was quite impressive. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, bit of a dress rehearsal for the cup semi final, Garrett. We should be talking to Colly about in a moment. Hopefully, more of the same. We get ourselves to a cup final. Uh, Colly insists that he does not look at league tables, Garrett. He's not. He does not. He doesn't give a bollocks. He says about league tables. Doesn't look at them. But we are uh, up to second, nonetheless. Uh, Joey O'Brien was at the game, Gar. Joey O'Brien took it in. Um, should we talk about the odd atmosphere at yeah, the game? Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, partisan, you could say. Yeah, well, first of all, like you had Shelburne fans acting like with there's no segregation, first of all, right? So the vibe at a women's match is, you know, it's relaxed. It's a nice atmosphere. Mm. You have kind of younger fans saying, let's go, Robert, let's go. And then over the left... That's the, that's the go-to chant, yeah, isn't it? let's go, Robert, let's go. And then to the left, you have these really boisterous, aggressive Shelburne fans apparently being a bit nasty towards players, staff, uh, people like volunteers in the ground. Uh, a lot of melts, basically. Uh, there's a quote from Bill Gleeson here. He says, 
I went up to catch the start of the game. Dozen or so Shells fans a block F for making an almighty racket they wouldn't sit down. We're given a classic such as we stand where we want. Who the fuck are Shamrock Rovers, etc. Um, not seen this at a women's match before. Then, at 3-0 down, they were outsung by a load of 9-year-old girls singing 1-0, 1-0, or 3-0, 3-0, 3-0. So, their yeah, place, bro. interesting. Interesting day all around, which is partly the reason why we're, we're pushing this game on Saturday, because we would like a big crowd. We'll talk about that a bit later. Um... Oh, actually, the best one was they were three one down, and the Shells fans were singing "Rings End Number One." <laughs> but and they also sang "Shells B," which, to be fair, is quite funny because we've taken I like that one. we've taken a lot of their players. This is the Brigade Jarrig, <laughs> yeah. was it? It's some of their mob. So yeah, there we go. So like I said, my positive was Noel King's uh, unhappiness, <laughs> but the other positive for me was if you watch the clip of that goal on Twitter. And it's a great move. And it's scored right in front of the new North stand. And my God, it looks magnificent. Cracker. How good do those seats look? They look amazing. They have a speckled effect to them. I actually paused this with Lara last night. I was watching I was watching that beautiful third goal, I think it was. The one that was tapped in eventually. The, the mm. Collie Ball goal. It mm. was just a tap in at the Lana end. McCoy, it was superb, yeah. yeah. And I'm just looking at the seats going, oh my God, that looks mm. unbelievable. I'm just watching it over and over again. The the ball's hitting the net. I'm just looking at the seats. <laughs> just like this looks amazing. But we should also mention, Gareth, that those exact seats, that style, has also been installed in the main stand, right? In the executive area. I'll and, let you know what it's like, right? And they have padded seats and cup holders. So, Gar, will you be uh, putting your keister on these seats? I'll, I'll, I'll let my assistant get back to you. I'll let you know what the story is. With that, right? I'll email your assistant. <laughs> I'll be so stand for life, bro. Um, yeah, so uh, excellent stuff. Brilliant win. And next up, I went to the Roadstone to chat to Collie O'Neill and Hannah Dunn's father. That's what I'm going to refer to him as now. Okay. Because Hannah's a superstar on the show here. So we've Glenn Dunn and we have Collie. Right, so we're back up at the Rollstone here with Collie O'Neill, and it's the big, big week. It's a semi-final in uh, Tallis Stadium. So, Collie, um, tell me this big win last week, partisan crowd. How do you feel that the players coped with the added pressure of such a big toy leading into a toy? So, two games, two shells twice in a row, one big win in the league. Tell me, how do you feel? Were you happy with how they coped on Saturday? Yeah, um, I thought particularly with how vocal the Shell supporters were, I thought they, they dealt with it very, very well. Uh, particularly in that first half, I think we had some good patterns of play and I think the, what we said to them beforehand was just rely on your training that we've been doing over the last couple of months that will get you through the game. And if we just focus on the performance, remove everything else that's around, it's still just a normal 11 v 11 pitch and concentrate what's on the inside of it. What you have to do will be fine. Do you try not to buy into the absolutely the competition? No, the, the the occasion rather than the game itself. Exactly, we don't try to buy into yeah. any of that whatsoever. You just treat it like a, a normal game. Do what we've been training to do, and you do it to the best of your ability. We'll be fine. Trust the process, as, exactly. they, as they say. The Shells game that was fiercely contested, right? So three one winners on Saturday. Did you feel that you had, um, it gives you an added advantage going into this cup game, 
psychologically possibly? Not really, because um, I think Shells will be coming back twice as angry now, trying to even up a even up a scoreline. Yeah. Um, for us, yeah, it does give us the extra little bit of confidence in that what the level that we can play at and what we can do. If we if we get close to doing the same again, we should be okay. But um, I think that what always happens when you have a league game and a cup game back to back they always end up being completely different types of games absolutely agree with you yeah but we're talking about the crowd as well there's a bit of a there's a bit of a partisan crowd there and what we're trying to do now is to get our own fans into the stadium but it could it got a little bit nasty with some chanting didn't it it did um it's probably something we haven't heard at a women's game before it felt like i was back in the in in the men's league for a while <laughs> in the ball uh, uh not in the wealth i wouldn't have been many supporters there i wouldn't have been <laughs> away supporters uh but yeah um it was a little bit um vocal at at, at times but that's part and parcel yeah. of football you just i actually um I get enjoyment out of, out of it. It actually um, is, is, it's one of the things that I think the players should take uh, encouragement and enjoyment out of it. If you're, if you're not being abused, well, then you're not doing well. Yeah, I suppose so. But the current form reads five games, 24 goals scored, won't concede it. So perfect form coming into a cup semi. So what's the key to consistency moving on with that form? How do you get that into the players heads to be consistent it's just focusing on the performance yeah that's do you have to keep we, their levels though you have to stay on them that's all we ever focus on we don't look at league tables we don't look at results we just concentrate on the performance yeah that's the only thing we can affect so it's all about just trying to control the controllable and that's what we try and put all our focus into so we're neck and neck in the league almost identical uh with with goal difference and and the way it is but so are you proud of this team and how you've performed this season considering that you've only been together so such a short amount of time a few months you've gotten this team together you've picked them all hand-picked them to to do that is you know football it's a tough thing to do to just bring a team together from nowhere and to to be fluid the way they are you must be proud of that no matter what the outcome of this season i'm actually proud of what they're actually doing yeah um to be playing like they all come they've all come from different clubs and all had different styles of play different attitudes different cultures around all the clubs and they've all taken on board the training we've delivered the messages we've been given and to see the level that they're now performing at the football that they're playing you can only be proud of what you've what you've achieved and even if if the worst comes to the worst and we don't win another game from now to the end of the year I'd still be very proud of what you've done so far and what you've taken on board and how much you've grown. Yeah, exactly. So we're pushing hard for the big numbers. Dublin Derby, Cup Semi. It's in our own stadium, the age-old battle of Ring's End. What can we do to convince the fans to get in? It's €10. €10, you barely get a point in Temple Bar of a €10. (laughs) We're trying to get every fan in. What can you tell the fans to say, right, lads, it's a semi-final. We need your support. There's not much I really can say. I know, it's the occasion itself. It should speak it's for not, itself, it's shouldn't it? It's not just the occasion, but it's the chance to actually go and see some of the top footballers in this country go toe-to-toe. Yeah. And with all the past history and that some of the Shelbourne players are now with Shamrock Rovers, it adds the extra little bite to it. Um, but to have you know, two of the top three clubs in the country going to toe-to-toe, it's, it's going to be a really, really entertaining game. Excellent stuff, Collie. Thanks very much, right? Thank you. Right, so we are up in the Roadstone, and uh, I'm here with Glenn Dunn. And Glenn has been to a lot of the women's games. We have a massive, massive game coming up. It's the Rings End Derby. It's a Dublin Derby. 
It's a cup semi-final in our home stadium. It's huge. We're trying to get everybody and fill those stands. So, Glenn, we're going to talk about the season. I'm going to talk about... Uh, you've been to a lot of the games. Um, tell us, first of all, tell us about how you've enjoyed it as a family going and watching it. Because Hannah, of course, is our dynamo with the podcast. So And, of course, helping out in match day interviews. So, tell us how you've enjoyed it as a family. Well, I think it's a, a lot more relaxed that you can go, you can sit in any seat you want. It's not as uh, vocal and as screaming and all that as in the men's game. A lot more relaxed. It's enjoyable for the kids. They can move around. Um, and the football is very, very entertaining. There's no pressure on us, I think, because we're a new team in the league, that the, the girls are enjoying it. And again, the, va- the fans can go relax and enjoy a game of football without all the pressure of that we we find or that we think that we have to have on the men's game which is pretty much rovers in general there always is pressure got to do with anything yep. got the rovers so we're going to talk about before we move to actual football we're going to talk about the home games itself so how do you feel that we can improve attendances and the general match day experience now where it's our maiden voyage we know that it's in its infancy but how do you think, as a fan who goes to all these games, how do you think that we can improve and help out on match day with the women's with women's football? Um, I think uh, the the half five or five o'clock kickoffs is maybe a little bit late because your day is is you know pretty much done. You can't go out in the evenings, so maybe look at maybe an earlier kickoff. I know that people play football themselves, but most girls' football in Dublin is usually on a Sunday, so it's about attracting. The girls up that play football that are interested so if we can get the word out to uh, girls clubs not just rovers i mean there's plenty of girls clubs out there that are uh, basically i won't say designed for girls but have a big girls following or playing so why we don't uh, reach out to them and get them to come along there's a lot of girls that play football that may not actually watch football and it's about bringing them into our club and into the system of not just Rovers, but the Women's National League uh, all round. And showing that there there is potential idols and heroes on their doorstep and they could have these uh, players to look up to. So, for example, let's say let's say a 2 o'clock kick-off, you have kids, I have kids, we both have them playing football on Saturdays. Normally you're done and dusted by maybe 1, yeah. 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So yeah. you could, you could are you thinking maybe 2 o'clock or half 2 could be a time as a trial run even just to get more people in the door? Because let's say 5 o'clock, a lot of people's days, you're home for 8. Yeah. A lot of people's days could be done and dusted by then. But as an alternative, you think 2, half 2 could yeah, be... Yeah, 2, half 2. I mean, people will say, oh, you've got the Premiership in England and all that. Premiership goes on all day now on a Saturday. So... Um, a two o'clock, half two, even three o'clock kickoff. Sometime early afternoon, I think, is the way forward. I think, I say, at five o'clock, it's seven o'clock, half seven, eight o'clock by the time you get home, and your evening is done. Your missus wants to go out. You're knackered. Whatever it is, you haven't got any dinner. I think the earlier you can have the kickoff, it'd be much, much better. And again, it's just a little experiment. You have to try these things and see what clicks for us yeah. and see how we can work with it. I think it's all about trial and error as well. It yeah. really is. I mean, yeah. if you don't shoot, you don't score. To excuse the pun. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the season. This team was hobbled together, you could say, by Collie O'Neill and Jason. And... Tell us about the style of football so far. I've been there a couple of times myself. I even donned the Hooperman suit in 30 degree weather, which I will never 
do again. It was done as a favour, and that's my one tick. My box is ticked. I'm we're okay, we're, we're too old that now, Gary. That's for the younger generation. So, um, <laughs> tell me, what type of football do we play? Um, I, I've watched the, the women's game for a, a few years now because Hannah has been involved in football, and I found a lot of girls' football is uh, all-out attack, all-out defence. There's no real patterns of play and stuff like that. But when I went to see the Rovers team, you can see patterns of play. You can see them holding the ball in midfield, spraying it out wide. And I think the whole league has come on. I'm not just saying that it's Rovers doing it. The whole league has come on leaps and bounds in the last year, 18 months, two years. And getting to the World Cup obviously has helped that. But the patterns of play and the style of play is, is quite nice. Again, a lot of women's girls football uh, would have been, I find that you've a centre forward that can finish and the, the whole pattern of play is just get the ball to her and see if she can score. There's no real developed play, but with Collie, there is. It's a, it's an overall improvement. He's yeah. he's quite the coach, and even at UCD, he was uh, he was he was always very lauded. But we'll talk about we'll talk about the form. We'll talk about going into this massive semi final coming in. In our last five games, 24 goals scored, one conceded. That was previous to the loss to P-Mount, 1-0 away. But that is serious form going in. And tell us about the most recent game, 3-1 Shells. How did they do? Big crowd, partisan crowd. Um, to be honest with you, it, it, it surprised me how small the crowd was, Gary. I didn't think it was... I thought it would have been bigger being Shells' first visit to Tallaght. When I got in, there was a very vocal uh, Shell support, which probably stepped over the line a couple of times. Um, but I thought the Rovers, there's the, there's the usual group of there's kids, a few girls there, and they get behind Rovers. And I would have liked to see more of the hardcore, if we call the men's fans, coming out. At the end of the day, we support the club, we support the jersey, and these girls are um, playing for us. They're playing for our club. And I think we have to get behind them because if we don't, this thing could just fall apart and we don't want that. I think the whole development of the club depends on having multi-facets, multi-structures, not just one men's team and a few schoolboy teams. I think it has to be um, men's, women's, girls, boys. And it's about the younger generation. I have Nathan here with me, you have Moya. And it's about Moya seeing that there's girls there that she can look up to. Nathan sees the men's team and Pico and Nathan sees the women's team. He goes to the games yeah. and he can see, well, see what she did. I'm going to do that next week. I, I think, unfortunately, there is a perception of women's football out there and that needs to be shed totally. Well, it's uh, unfair. And I, like I said, I've been to the games. Maya's been to the games. Your kids. It's been absolutely fantastic. So I think trying to shake off that perception. But I was only thinking about this today, Gary. Um, for years... Us as League of Ireland fans, we got that same thing of, well, League of Ireland's no good. Yeah. So how can we now, as League of Ireland fans, turn around and say, well, the women's football isn't good enough? Because we got that for years. Yeah. And we stood by Rovers and we said, no, we're, we're sticking with this. And I think we have to do it with the women's football because it is quite a decent standard. And again, we just only two months ago, we had two players in our club that were in a World Cup. Yeah. I mean, that's unheard of. Unheard of. So... Get behind them and let's see how far we can go. Because I tell you what, some of the young players that I was talking to him about earlier in that Rowers team are unbelievable and they will go on. Yeah, I mean, Rovers. just to touch on it, with Maya sitting here beside me, there was more in the house because she didn't go to school. She wasn't well on the Monday. And Maya, who turned up in the school? Abby Larkin turned oh, no. up and there was murder in the house. I was the bad guy, oh, of course, for keeping her at home. 
for trying to keep her well. But it just shows you the name and the persona around that World Cup really, really shot people into the stratosphere. And now he's gone on to uh, better things, to, to go on and play professional football in Scotland now as well. But we're going to talk about the big Rings End age-old derby on Saturday. What can we do to get into the final? Well, I think if we play the way that we did on Saturday, especially fourth half, uh, I, I won't say we won't have any problems. That's uh, that's a bit unfair. I know we, we we maybe wrote our luck at times in the fourth half and got a couple of uh, speculative goals. But again, with our patterns of play, the defence that we have, the strikers that we have, why can't we do it? There's no reason to say that we can't because it's a strong team. Um, they're well-drilled. They play nice football. Shells are going to come out all guns blazing. I'm sure they're hurting after 3-1 on uh, last Saturday. Yeah. So they're going to come out all guns blazing. I think if we weather the storm force 20 minutes and then we build our partners to play, we shouldn't have any problems about breaking them down. The only thing, just talking to Stephanie uh, Zambra earlier, and she was saying about the second half, the way Shells threw everything at us, if we'd have held out with a clean sheet, we would have said to them, you threw everything at us and you got nothing back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that they scored in the last minute or whatever it was, I won't say it was it was heartbreaking, but it maybe gave Shells a little bit of hope there. Yeah. But they'll, come, they'll probably be coming back thinking, okay, we can damage them. We yeah. can do a bit of damage yeah. there, but we'll leave it at that today. So uh, we're going to get our predictions off the kids. Cup semi-final, Tala Stadium, Shells versus Rovers. Maya, who is going to make it into the final and what score? 3-0. Shane the Shamrock Rovers. And what have we got here? Give I us. Think, I think it will be 2-all and I'll have to go to penalties and Rovers. Rovers 2-all, 2-all. So that is it for us in the Rovers zone and a big, big week in women's football. Keep on hooping. So that was Collie and Glenn. So Collie, uh, short and sweet, but trusting the process and um, looking forward to this big game. He's not a stranger at the finals, prof. Um, yeah, Cody O'Neill, as always, not giving too much away. Doesn't look at lead tables. I don't get that one. Doesn't talk about titles, but I'm taking the last truffle, Prof. Oh, he's gone for it. I'm taking the last truffle. Well, let's get ourselves to a cup final. Let's see how uh, neutral uh, he'll be then. Exactly, yeah. He'll be, he'll be an excited man then, but then we have Glenn Dunn. Yeah. Women's team, super fan. I don't think he's missed a game. I think that's what he mentioned anyway. Nora Viger, 100% record so for me. Two super fans in the building. There you go. Um, yeah, great to hear Glenn. Love his optimism. Uh, and sorry of his push to get people into the game. Who's Saturday. your, let's say, player of the year so far? Who's impressed you most? Because we'll be touching on the men's game. <coughs> We're going to touch on the ladies. Scarlett Heron is a bit of a <coughs> Dan Cleary choice like she's come in halfway through the seat she's <clears throat> she played five games like she, she's not like i can't pick her as my player of the season but it's one of those where she's made such a difference already she's so good For um, me, i think jess hennessy i think jess hennessy's brilliant she's like Whenever yeah i've seen her she's, she's a rock at the back yes um leo leary in the middle it's a bit of an obvious choice but on your garmin she does so much for the team like she's everywhere on the pitch. She's, Glenn she's, the same goals wise as well. She's getting back to defend. She's getting forward. She's involved in everything, and she's a leader. So it's an obvious pick, but yeah, on your garment. But Leo Leary, um, you'd have to mention her as well. Yeah, she could be she a star. She had a particularly impressive spell at one stage, and she been player of the month twice in a row at one stage. Yeah. So, Still, 
very very young at 16 or 17 years of age yep. so a big career in the game for Horprof she came from shells too didn't she she was one of those six seven that we stole from poor Noel King <laughs> and I remember he referred to them as our players yeah remember, that, remember at first he was said, on live on TV yeah at first he said oh Collie's just doing what I would do it's no big deal and then after he's like well sure they're our players yeah no I, I think I'll refrain and comment on that <laughs> one um, yeah so, so great stuff from the lads and thanks for their time they've been fantastic but Prof yeah. Oop, next we have Stan Levens and predictions so Prof I think you're more uh, suited to do this I haven't seen enough I'm going to say well Leah starts for me Jess starts mm-hmm. for me Savannah has to start because Savannah mm-hmm. is just a trooper at fullback. Um Savannah not involved in the last game uh, see, sometimes what he does is he'll play Savannah left back and push up Leo O'Leary. Whereas I think the last game O'Leary was uh, a left back. So, so his la- the team against Shells last Saturday was Amanda Budden who returned from injury. She had she had an injury and Summer Lawless was filling in, but she's back now. Um, so she is number one. Jess Garrigan. One of the first names on the team sheet, right back. So you got the Hennessy Fox centre back pairing. Uh, Hennessy like Fox, both good defenders. Shauna Fox sometimes is a bit lackadaisical for me. Like she'll a few times, shell players nipped in, and Leah had to kind of cover, yeah, and save her. But in terms of aerial battles, she'll win every single header all yeah. game. So yeah, so Hennessy Fox, O'Leary, O'Garman. Uh, Aoife Kelly who uh, the League of Ireland Twitter page I'm hearing big things picked her out as a potential young player of the year yeah her stats are impressive if you read them Scarlett Heron has been a big signing Joy Ralph has been another new signing she's been doing well she's been getting a couple of goals uh, Alana McAvoy as we said has got back amongst the goals number 9 and Stephanie Zambra as well Um so in terms of my team, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make one change. I think Melissa O'Kane is unfortunate to be not on the team lately because she was a regular. But um, I am gonna keep her on the bench. I'm gonna make one change. I'm gonna bring in Jamie Thompson for Stephanie Zambra. Jamie Thompson. And I'm gonna tell Jamie, hit the ball from long range. Blow them away first half again. Get a couple of goals. A marauding striker is the way yeah. I describe her. So that's all I'm gonna say. That's my team. I'm gonna go two two. <coughs> Rovers two on penalties. <clears throat> Ooh, a penalty shootout on Tadden. Oh. I'm gonna say a one nil win after extra time. I'm gonna say a late winner from into the, into the north. Late winner from Scarlet. Send us through to the cup final. And the cup final will actually be held in Tala as well. But even bigger incentive. Sunday, November 19. So that is the that's Get the yourselves down. Shamrockrovers.ie. Five euro for a kid's ticket. Ten euro for an adult. Seven for a concession. Get yourself down to the biggest fixture in Irish football this weekend. It's going to be a huge, brilliant occasion. Get yourself down and just trust these women to give you a fantastic day out. Especially to get into the cup final prop. I really do genuinely think they'll get in there. And um, we're, we're trying to promote the game from within, aren't we, prop? We want this to sell out or get some sort of like crowd 
to fill the stand, you know. It's well, the men aren't in action this weekend, so I mean, you're you're not going down to Cork and you're not hung over on a Saturday. It's a four o'clock kickoff. You can take in the game. You can still go out having have your Saturday night. So yeah, definitely support the ladies in the semi final. Absolutely. But prof, up next we have our own Drada starting elevens and predictions. <laughs> So this one is going to be tough. This starting 11 is sent in by young Maya Parsons this week. And, no, no relation. Uh, no relation. So Maya obviously starts with Alan Manis. Um, she's going with Pico Cleary. She's probably pick Harry as end of back, wasn't Pico Cleary and um, Grace, the three lads at the back. Uh, now this is all dependent on... Like sometimes she'd be like, okay, well, who's injured? She'd, she'd ask all the good questions, all the good stuff, but it's gone full throttle here. Draw the, to get the three points. So Clark and Ferruja both starting. Clark on the left, Ferruja on the right. Um, she's fond of the tree in the middle. She likes having three, three big boys, as it's known, in the middle. So Poom O'Neill, and she likes Richie Tell. Mm-hmm. He has nice hair. A good, as good a reason as any to, <laughs> to, you to get a pick game. your team in a crucial <laughs> league game in Tata. And uh, Gaff and Burke up top. Burke is suspended. So Burke is suspended. Maya, I'm going to have to refer back to her. I'll make a, uh, I'll make an addition in her place, I'd say. Probably have to go board. Probably have to put board in there, Prof, and hoping mm-hmm. we can get some form out of him. Um, I can't argue with with you there, Maya. Yeah, two um, one as well. Two one is a is is a, with uh, with Gaffney. He's getting a brace. Is the prediction? I'm gonna say uh, a bit of a ding dong. I'm gonna say a three two win. <laughs> ding. Hopefully dong. not like Shelburne with the last minute goal. Uh, we don't. It's not good for our hearts. But yeah, I'm gonna say three two, and I'm gonna say Tell will score. Say Bert will score. And uh, Gaffney as the well. The Gaff with 3 2 on the prof. So, prof, bit of news now. An independent appeal committee of the FAI today rejected Drawdy United FC's appeal to have their spectators banned from attending the next away fixture against Shamrock Rovers FC on the 20th of October 2023 at Tala Stadium. This ban follows an incident where a match official was struck by a pyrotechnic during the SSE or Tristy Men's Premier Division fixture between Dundalk FC and Drawdy. United FC at Oriel Park on the 29th September 2023 so Prof what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah we were kind of waiting on the, what what would happen with the appeal there so it's been rejected and the phrase that's being used by pretty much everybody is bad precedent and that is exactly how I feel because we're making well if you read a statement from Drahada, they're saying Everyone is being made suffer for the actions of a small minority. So, should we not be punishing the individuals rather than all the Drogheda fans? Yeah. So, I think this is one of those where we're Shamrock Rovers, no one likes us, we don't care. We don't really... (laughs) We don't really care all that much about other clubs. Mm. We want, we do want the league to improve overall. But this is one of those where we're watching on with interest. And we're thinking, hang on. This happens to Drogheda. This will happen to Robbers next. And this will happen to other clubs. We don't want games being played with no fans. That's the general X slash Twitter consensus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
that it could possibly uh, mm-hmm. have a snowball effect. <clears throat> um, someone was saying that in Germany a couple of weeks ago, there was a display in opposition to this. Um, ban collective, ban collective punishments, ban collective punishments. Was that, yeah, it was like football without fans is nothing. I don't know if that's said in the banner, but that's, it's very, that's a message that's easy to get behind. Football without fans is nothing. We don't want games where sections of the stadiums are empty. So, I understand that we don't want pyro hitting officials, but can we go after the individuals? Yeah, I think it is. It is. Um, it is something that will have to be revisited, and I will. Uh, I think we'll leave that one at mm-hmm. that prop. But it's unfortunate, and it's not something that we want to see. We want to see full stadiums. Mm-hmm. We want to see fans watching their team. But um, prof, that is it. We'll be back after Cork. The Monday traveling support is gonna be a monster. You need to get your tickets for this one. Do not hesitate. You've got the Tifty's two point mobile. That's going down. That bus is travelling. Hoops SC are travelling. Pride of Rings and they're travelling. Gary Twig are travelling. Get yourself down to this game. This is the business end of the season, Prof. This is when the team needs it most. Tickets are flying out at the moment. 7.50, but we couldn't ask for more. So, how many did Pats get? Was it 1,000? 1,100. I think there's going to be a demand, Prof. I think there will be because it's a huge game. I think it's one of those where the Monday factor doesn't even matter. It's like we won the league at UCD on. Was it when the first game was called off, wasn't it? Because the because yeah. of the weather, it was the pitch was like drowned out. It was crazy amount of rainfall yes. in Dublin. Yes, yes, yes. And I actually forget now. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Well, put it this but way: it was the next day. It was it was it was staged. If this was on Christmas, Day. it makes no difference. Christmas Day, I'm gone. Put the turkey on hold. We're going to the game. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I feel about this. I didn't even, I didn't even look at the schedule. Didn't even look at anything. Get those mm-hmm. tickets. That's it. That's how it works. So big, big support traveling, and we'll see us down there. But once again, a massive game awaits the ladies in the FAI Cup semi-final on Saturday. And there's a call on hoops to get as many flags hung up in the stadium as possible. The club can take the flag in before Saturday. If you cannot attend, keep it safe for the draw of the game following Friday. So please, please, please spread the word on this. And we'll hope to have a final to look forward to. So get your flags down. Same situation as before. I think we did it during COVID. And young Gruzy helped us out with that one. But Prof, before we go... We have an announcement. Prof has taken over the reins on the Player of the Year awards. Have I? He's 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 outdone himself this it's year. News to me. He's outdone himself this year. Have you year. read Roddy Collins' book recently? <laughs> November tenth, Player of the Year awards. Live show. Stephen Bradley, Glenn Crown, members of the Force team. Stephen Jones hosting it. Oh yes, the mesmeric Stephen Jones who channeled David Bowie all for the last two weeks, who we spoke about. He's going to be grilling and chatting to our first team members and our football department. You are then going to be spoiled by Deja Vu. I'm not even going to ask any foreign row questions. I'm just going to ask Jonesy about his, his Bowie <laughs> about When's the next run yeah. of shows? <laughs> You've got Deja Vu to rock your socks off. You've got John Murphy mm. on the sax with the Southstand Collective DJs rocking it all night. Tifties.com. Get it before it sells out, prof. And of course, get your gala ticket as well. And of course, do not forget the rave in the four profs. The 27th prof. We're all about social nights here. 27th after Pats. We're going 
to the probs for a rave. You've got the South Stand Collective. You've got DJ Jamie Heaton. You've got DJ Liam Whelan. Prof, you're not going to be able to get an ounce of sleep. You're going to hear the bass. Is this one of those where I don't even need to leave my room? Yeah, I'll you just, can just like, get the deck chair out and have a little look. There, yeah. So we've plenty and plenty of things. Get your gala tickets. Come to the rave for free in the hotbed. Tifties.com for the Player of the Year awards. And we have a new trophy, Prof. <clears throat> the Blake Brothers have sponsored the Goal of the Season award, which is something new. Ooh. And we have contenders. We have seven or eight goals. Very competitive department. We you even forgot about one. We forgot about the Burke one. The Burke one against Cork. Or shells. Shells. Was a cracker. Yeah, cracker. So you scored two crackers against Shells. Yep. So we did. We forgot about that. And of course, we have a couple of other people involved. So check it out. Busy time for Tifties, bro. Spoiled, you <laughs> So that's it for this week. And we will leave it at that. So good luck to the ladies. And let's fill Tallah Stadium for this Cup Semi on Saturday. Keep on hooping. See you.